Welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight our topic is old age according to God and the world. There is a difference. No, there is there a seems big to be difference. a big difference these days. This is an interesting topic that we've been thinking about and talking about. So we decided, hey, let's let's do some research and do a podcast on it. Um, Turns out it's a really big topic. It's a very big topic. There's a There's lot, a of, lot stuff of information on it. On it. Um, one of the most disturbing things that I saw, I got this from National Institute of Health. They said that one out of every ten elders in the United States is uh, abused. And 60% of those cases are by their own family members. Oh. Uh, nursing homes, uh, dementia, all those things increase the, the uh, likelihood of abuse in, in elders. So it's a sad thing that we are at that stage right now in our human society that we pigeonhole and disrespect those that are those of our society that are elderly. Yeah, and uh, Stanford literary scholar Robert Harrison, he's a professor of Italian literature, said uh, he wrote a book, and one of the things in the book says, for the first time in history, the young have become a model of emulation for the older population, rather than the other way around. And he also he said that we live in the age of juvenescence. Which, in in one, there's two definitions. The first one is cultural rejuvenation, which is not us, and the second one is juvenilization, which means we live in a juvenile culture, which we can see that everywhere. Yeah, when I I uh, just had parent teacher conferences, and I was talking to the parent of a seventh grader who's having some challenges emotionally right now, and I said, you know, I remember being in seventh grade. And you couldn't pay me to go back there, ever. And yet, that concept of adolescence seems to be appealing to a lot of people, even to some of our elderly who are um, getting the surgery and and wearing yoga pants and running around trying to act like they're younger than they really are. They're not honoring their own age. And I think age is something that is a gift to us from God. I think that's how we need to look at it. I think we need to see it as a gift, yeah. Well, here, there's two things since you said that. Um, First, uh, in 2018, Americans spent more than $16.5 billion on cosmetic surgery. Wow. Yep. There were... um, the biggest one was wrinkle treatment injections mm-hmm. when they put Botox into your face or wherever. There were 7,437,378 procedures of that. And then, uh, let's see, breast augmentation, the breast job thing, that's 313,735. And it goes all the way through a bunch of stuff. Sure. But, but the highest one was trying to hide your age. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. Why? Um, you know, it's sad because as as often as much as that seems to be popular, mm-hmm. um, isn't it amazing how many bad versions of that we see? Yes. People whose faces freeze or swell in abnormal ways, and they don't look like who they used to be. Well, and now it's very. I'm thinking it's very accepted. You know, it used to be like when we were kids, nobody wanted to know you did anything. That's the same way. Do you remember? uh, It was probably so. We're in our 50s. In the 80s, even in the 80s, nobody wanted you to know that they dyed their hair. Now, of course, everyone dyes their hair. But I mean, it was like people hid the kind of things because it was almost they were a little embarrassed that they were trying to change the way they looked. Yeah. But now now it's a. Now, but it's not just 
people of age trying to look younger. No. I think it's the dismissal of the younger towards the uh, the elderly, towards the people that are older. Um, there's a headline in the Washington Post that came out last March when COVID-19 first hit. And it's, it's sad that this would have to be a headline. But the headline had to mention the fact that COVID-19... Not only uh, they, we need it, we need a, some sort of, some, we need to take this seriously. It's not only affecting the elderly. Oh, that is sad. And if we look at that concept, then if it only affected the elderly, do we not take it seriously? Well, it's it's almost that it's the same thing actually. Like when I look at like our son Hawken, who is our live audience right now, mm-hmm. quiet one, that. A lot of times, you know, someone can look at a person like Hawk and think, well, what kind of benefit does he have for society? And people start judging our productivity mm. to our worth. Like, if I'm not contributing to society in a way that strangers can notice, then I'm not worthwhile. It's interesting you say that because productivity is something that, um, if we gauge worth on productivity, then our, our youth and our elderly are both worth, worthless because neither one of them are producing much. True. They're past their time of productivity. But that does not mean that they are of less worth. They're probably of more worth because mm-hmm. of the experience that they have. So this, okay, now I have another article. It's called Why is America Such a Youth-Obsessed Culture? Article by Dale Archer, who is a MD doctor. He said, back in the Founding Fathers' time, being old was in... Now it's all about the look and the image, not about the experience and wisdom behind the eyes. And he also said virtually every public figure have had work done to their face or body. This mirrors our superficial culture. Why? And here's his reason that he thinks why our, our culture has become so superficial and everybody wants to look young and it's accepted that... that um, 75-year-old women are wearing teenage clothes, says the tech, we have the technological revolution. Typically, young younger people are faster at this. And who needs to ask an old guy for advice when you can Google it now? And this constant access to information suggests that a quick 10-minute read or video is equivalent to wisdom gained from years of hard-earned experience. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing now that we live in a society where it's almost, you know, growing up in high school, I would never never have thought about quitting high school. And I, I was going to graduate from high school. That was not even an option. Right. It wasn't even a thought. But now, in the same way, the generation behind us is starting to think of college that way. And they're thinking that it's an automatic. You just leave high school, you go to school, you go to college, you continue your education, which is, a, which is not a bad thing at all. It's a good thing. Education is a good thing. The problem is when those that are educated look at those that are not educated and think that that's a sign of intelligence. And when they look back at past generations where education was not as prevalent or as available, mm-hmm. and they assume that there's no wisdom there because they didn't go to college. Oh, I hadn't thought uh, about that. So that the advancement of technology and education, I remember, you know, it's, it was always a standing joke if your kids can run your VCR better than you can. You know, Grandma had you come over and set up her VCR for her when they came out. And now it's computers and smartphones and even the commercial on TV where the guy says, Are you saying I got a dumb phone? No, oh, I hate To that. his son. Yeah. It's just one of those things where um, younger generations think that they're 
uh, more intellectually intelligent, more technologically intelligent. And now, uh, what we see now is that they are, are more, they consider themselves to be, uh, in, from a social standard and from a civil standard, more intelligent, simply because they think that they have better judgment, better social skills, and uh, uh, a better, uh, a higher sense of righteousness mm. over their elders, which... That's sad. Well, but also, I will. You know, it's not all of one age group's fault because no. even people who are older and we're getting up there, they they fall into the same thing. Read that one thing you had about the yoga pants. I love that quote. If you can find it. Okay, uh, this was a quote from a man named Alonzo Weston in, in the New Press Now's the News Press Now. Excuse me. Um, uh, let's see, dated March 28th, uh, 23rd of 2016, and he says, uh, elders were easier to identify back then. Old men and women dressed like, dressed old and acted old. Men wore hats, suspenders, walked with canes. Women wore print dresses, thick hose, and sensible shoes. Today I see 70-year-old women were trying to wear yoga pants and geriatric men wearing Timberlands and other teen swag outfits. They're not interested in elder respect. They just want to fit in. I think a lot of us, that's, that it's this, this social media, the media that is always surrounding us everywhere, especially the silly smartphones, that it says here and ever, this is back with this Dr. Archer, ever shortening attention span is a direct result from the ever-present smartphone, a 500 TV channel culture, Video games that provide escape on demand, 24-7 media cycle. The quest to remain young has accelerated at, at warp speed. And he said, there is no doubt that being young is, is fun, fast, and exciting. But there is a time and a season for all things. Trying to hang on to the fast lane too long deprives us of the introspection, self-understanding, and deep thoughts that usually accompany growing older. And... Then I, oh, I did, I shared this with our, our, we begin by coveting what we see every day, said by Hannibal Lecter to Claire in the Silence of the Lambs. But it's very true. We begin by, that's why God tells us to look at him, because we'll want him. The more we look at him, that's what we want. But if we continue to see all these um, images that are fake, really, they're all airbrushed and they're all made to look thinner or or sleeker or whatever, then we start thinking that that's what we need. And they even, this was from the BBC, and this is just the headline. says, 2020 plastic surgery demand booming amid lockdown. There is actually a new term. It's called the lockdown face. It's become a thing. Because people are looking at their faces all the time when they're on video calls and Zoom. never thought about that. And so then they think, oh, I got too many lines. Let's get some Botox injections or whatever. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm sure things like uh, lockdown face spray on suntans probably came in too because people realize they've been sitting in the house all the time. Interesting. Uh, the World Health Organization came out and said that 50 percent of all the COVID-19 deaths in Europe occurred mm-hmm. in nursing homes. Oh, nursing homes in the United States are are have a horrendous history of not taking care of infectious disease and the fining and all those things um, because elder care in the United States 
since it is no longer being taken care of by families, it's now farmed out to nursing homes. Nursing homes are big business. Yeah. They're big money. And you also get a lot of turnover because there's there's always a need for more workers. So the workers they have, even if they're really good workers, get overworked and they burn out. Right. And then that's probably how sometimes some of the abuse happens if if you are dealing shortage with a of staff. shortage of staff. Yeah. You're dealing with a someone who's having a difficult day, and but I also think I also think some of it's just the acceptance um, within our society that people that are no longer working are are no longer like they're not worth anything. have a worth, and that's that's sad because that is so contrary to the Bible. That is so contrary to what God wants. Um, I've got a psalm here. Go ahead. Psalm seventy-one, eighteen. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. There is a purpose for our elders. The wisdom that they have is meant to be passed along. You know, everyone's hope is that the mistake. My my hope is that the mistakes I have made will not will not be remade by my children because I can tell them what I did wrong. Yeah. Um, That's, but also what you did right. Yeah. You know, that so many times we look at at wisdom as someone saying, well, you know, um, wisdom comes from, from bad decisions and bad, or from experience and experience comes from bad decisions. Well, while that can be true, it's also the good decisions in life. Yeah. There's a lot of positive things in our society that we have lost, like um, respect common courtesy, things that our elders were raised in and we don't have in our society as much. What's that quote? It's a very famous quote about if you don't know your history, you're you're doomed to repeat Uh, it. Those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. And I think now um, we have uh, that Harris also said we have such a shallow history base. People just don't know things. In our cancel culture, we're trying to erase history. Yes. We're trying to get rid of history that that we have and that that is sad it's sad that we are looking at our past and trying to pretend it didn't happen not just that not just looking at things and saying something in the past maybe was wrong because a lot of things in our past were wrong and we've gotten better as as we've grown as a country as a society but also looking at it as something that we're going to ignore and pretend never happened. And that is where we lose the wisdom mm-hmm. of understanding that we did get better as we went along. Yes. That we have grown. That and there al- have been positives. And also, to... I, it's fine It's fine, and it's good. We need to acknowledge and deal with the wrongs that were created or, or made and the and the abuses and all the bad things that happened. But along with the bad, there were good things. And so we need to be careful that we, we don't... If we erase the bad, we erase the good. Yeah, so t- t- we don't want to erase history. We want to deal and, and, and... Learn from it. Learn from it. And also to um, celebrate the good parts and, and learn from the bad parts. And I guess that's even what we should do with our elders. That, sure... Um, and I think sometimes people blame their parents or their grandparents or whatever for maybe things that are wrong in their lives. But I think we need to see everyone as human. And also, too, I, I, gotta, I have a verse. I have a verse. Okay. Um, Leviticus 19. I'm going to read it. 
Just a second. Don't read it. 1932. Yeah, I've got it right here. Yeah, but don't read it. I want to look it up. And Leviticus 1932. And this is... Now we're going to talk about how God wants us to view elders. And growing old, too. There's Growing old is a blessing. And that's what we need to think. 1932 of Leviticus says, You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. So we're supposed to stand up before our our elders and and honor the aged. Because I, I think sometimes, too, as we get older, and we already know this, and we're only in our 50s, is that you do deal with more aches and pains. You can't do what you used to do. You can't just get down on the floor and do a somersault. <laughs> okay, why would I want to do that? I mean, in my past life, I might have, but now I think it will hurt my head. So I'm not going to do it. But I think sometimes people think, oh, old people, they just complain about their aches and pains. And, and, um, and then I will say also sometimes old, older people, they themselves dismiss themselves. They think in this fast culture they have nothing to contribute. Oh, and that's so wrong. That is so wrong. There are so many, so many things. As a kid, one of my favorite things to do was sit and listen to my grandparents. And listen to them tell us stories about their lives and the things they did. And I retell those stories today. You do. You know, 60, 70, 80 years later than when they happened. The turtle soup one I love. Yes. The turtle. But even things that when they were first married and the things that they went through in the first year of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And those that kind of wisdom and that kind of knowledge needs to be passed along to the next generation as they go into marriage. When the next generation as they go into childbearing and hear about the stories of mm-hmm. our of our of our elders, of our ancestors, of those that have come before. We also have to remember that anybody that got there to the gray hair stage earned it. Yeah. They went through a lot to earn that gray hair. That gray hair is special. Proverbs 16.31 says, Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. I will say, there is a revolution going on, a quiet revolution. A lot of people are deciding not to dye their hair anymore. Yeah. And I think it's great. Here. And I think that's a good thing, but... We also have to remember um, that even in the Ten Commandments, God says, honor your mother and father. Mm-hmm. And that is the only one that comes with a, a promise attached a promise. to it, a blessing mm-hmm. attached to it, so that things may go well for you. In other words, if you honor your mother and father, think you're going to have a better life. And that's because, first of all, I think because they share the wisdom. And secondly, you honor your mother and father, then your children honor will you. honor you and it yes. will continue. But we have to remember that the Ten Commandments were, were written for adults. Mm. We're not. It was not written for children. That is true. We weren't worried about children committing adultery. Right. This is written for adults, and adults are to honor their mother and father. Yes. Which means honoring the elders. Yes. Honoring that generation that is beyond where you are. And I don't care what generation you're in, if you have an elder that is above you, you should be honoring that elder. There's... Uh, Job 12.12 says, Wisdom is with the aged and understanding and length of days. That's what I was just going to read. Wisdom comes from aging, from the years of living. Yes. And understanding gets greater as your days progress. Mm -hmm. I know I am much more wise now than I was 10 years ago. Or 20 years, 30 years ago. I'm even more wise than I was 5 years ago. That's true. 2 years ago. Uh, even though, even even though, as you get older, you forget some of your wisdom because things start to slip in your mind a little yes. bit, and 
you have to have your husband finish your sentences. True. Um, yes. Okay, Job 32.7 says, right. I thought age should speak, and increased years should teach wisdom. 32.7. I, um, did you read Psalm 92? Can I read that one? Go ahead. All right, Psalm... Even if I did, read it again. No, you read 71. All right. Okay, Psalm 92 says, Psalm 92, 12 through 14 says, Oh, yes. The righteous man will flourish Mm -hmm. like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. And, you know... um, so God's version of, obviously, what we're saying is God reveres the old, and we need to revere them too, because we will be an old person if we don't die before well, the old. Well, and when we look at the Old Testament, I don't know if I'd say God reveres the old, but God counsels us to revere the old, especially in the Old Testament, looking through that when when very basic skills were given to human beings. Yeah. Don't murder each other. Don't steal from each other. Honor your elders was at that same level. It's a it's a yeah. basic fundamental of human behavior that should be held, and it's it's the Ten Commandments themselves were are a foundational principle of all the laws in, in modern society, and that's one that I think we've started to let slip, and it, and mm-hmm. we have to be careful, and maybe turn back to the point where we start honoring our elders a little bit more. You um, know, talking about the Ten Commandments, you know. I don't know if you're a Christian, if you're listening to this or not, but it doesn't matter what religion you're part of or even if you don't believe in God, the Ten Commandments are good commandments. I mean, I don't think any of them... I don't think anybody can look at them and see that there's anything wrong with them. No. Um, I mean, they if everybody would 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 uh, honor those and follow them, that's what they were meant... They would give us a good basis for society. And I do want to... Can I Can I change course a little bit? Well, let me... Okay. Let you, me throw you, another one in here. I've okay. got another verse from Deuteronomy. This is Deuteronomy 32.7. And it says, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you your elders and they will tell you. Mm. I think so many of our, our of our youth that are looking at technology and things like that and saying, Oh, we, we know so much more now than you ever did in your generation are missing... So much, and so much knowledge is being lost. So much wisdom is being lost. Uh, when an elderly person um, leaves this earth, we can never gain from them again. You can yeah. never ask them that question again. There's nothing you can do to bring back all that they have taken with them. Mm-hmm. The best way to do that is is to honor them while they're still alive. Yeah, talk to them. Talk to them. Let Write them down their stories. You. Listen mm-hmm. to what they're saying. Put it into your own life. Put it into your own context and say, hey... You know, um, this is something that is is pertinent because there is nothing new under the sun, is what it says in Ecclesiastes, and and what that means basically is that we all have the same experiences mm-hmm. in life. We will all have similar um, trials, similar joys, similar loss, and since there is nothing new under the sun, then let's listen to the wisdom that is here while it's here. You know, we can't wait. Let it go too long. Right, right. So here's my, I wanted to kind of take this on a different tangent. Mm -hmm. Because I, um, Shannon and I sometimes, we will talk a little bit before we start the podcast. 
but we really don't know where it's going to go. We pray and ask God to lead us, and however he wants us to, to take the conversation, we just trust that he's going to be leading us. And, and talking about the aged, I do want to talk about also about as all of us, wherever you're at, I don't know how old you are, but if you don't die young, you're going to get old. And I think Christians especially, believers, need to start seeing age from God's point of view and not try to imitate the culture of trying to keep their youth held tight in their hands, you know, and try to just grasp onto uh, youth and think that if they don't look like they did when they were 25, then they don't, they're not beautiful anymore. They're not handsome anymore. Because I, um, oh, I don't know where I read this. But we as people inhabit bodies, and of course they're each of us our own bodies, but sometimes we don't respect our own bodies. We, we, the bodies we inhabit, you know, help us do whatever we have to do. But I think we should honor our bodies as they age and take good care of them as far as be gentle with them. Don't condemn your own body because it can't do what it used to be able to do or maybe it's a little saggy now or i think there's such beauty in age you know as you I agree i i think that some of the cutest cutest is probably is a bad word not a, the right word but i love to look at old people and maybe someone says i love to look at jane that old lady but i mean i i think how we should look at it is Every new wrinkle, every new whatever, it's it's a sign of age, and it's a sign we've gone through something. It's a badge. It's of, a badge, yes, of survival, yes, and it's a badge of honor almost. In that, God's given us another day to to bear fruit for Him, to live for Him, to shine for Him. I uh, I'm not going to say her name. I don't know if she'd ever listen to this. She might. But I remember I met this lady, and she's 80 now. I met her six years ago, I think, and so she was in her 70s. And I remember when I first met her, and I just thought she was so beautiful, and just because of the light that sh- that shined out of her eyes. Because she just, she's she's one that, and I don't know her inner thoughts about herself so much, but from the outside, if it kind of looks... It appears that she's she she's okay with the age she is. That she's not trying to strive to be younger. And I think there is a there is a real beauty in a real what what do you call it? a real grace? There's in a presence. There's a presence there that that shouldn't be ignored. Um, I know when I was started wood carving last summer, I love carving older faces because there's so much character there mm-hmm. smooth skin can be smooth skin yeah but every crow's foot every little wrinkle tells a story in and of itself mm-hmm. and it's so much more interesting it, it, but I, I look at people with age and maybe they're not as sturdy as they used to be or as strong as they used to be or those things but boy there is so much gained as that is lost other things have gained so much and I think as a church, we have to be careful. We have to be very, very careful about our elders. Because if we look beyond them and think that they are not of worth, then their faith was not of worth. Mm. And that's where we end up with 
churches that have 20 people over the age of 65 and no youth in the church. Mm. It's because somewhere along the line, what was valued by our elders is losing value to us. Mm. And what that's going to cause is a whole generation that's going to have to go through that pain again of rediscovering. And I think um, it's a problem in the church today in general. If we look around, we will see that pastors are getting older. There's less and less young pastors. There's more and more old ones. Um, we know several that were retired and unretired to try and fill church spots because we know there's no young pastors coming up behind them right now. Um, living in a rural area, that's always a challenge, finding pastors. Um, we have elderly people that are, are required to do things within their church because the youth are not taking over. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful chance for you to learn from someone who's already done it is for you to take over and say, I know you did this job for so many years, and now it's on me. Can you help me? Can Mm -hmm. you teach me? Can you show me? That institutional knowledge that comes from individuals that have been there and done that is absolutely priceless. You can't buy that. You can't Google that. No. I want to share. This is a book that I... Um, I'm reading, and it's called, and this is a great book, Aging with Grace, Flourishing in an Anti-Aging Culture. And it's written by two women. Called, their names are Sharon W. Betters and Susan Hunt. And there's, there's a lot of things I could read out of this, but I want to, this is a story they, they share. So I want to read it. <clears throat> it says, Will we recognize that less mobility and energy excuse me, actually frees us to spend more time praying. Will we rest in the assurance that we may not see the fruit of our prayers, but God will answer them in his time and his way? So this is, uh, oh, I'll just keep reading. Shortly after the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, some Eastern Bloc countries allowed missionaries in. An American pastor attended a church service in the Ukraine and wrote the following in his church newsletter. How mistaken the communists were when they allowed the older women to continue worshiping together. It was they who were considered no threat to the new order, but it was they whose prayers and faithfulness over all those barren years held the church together and raised up a generation of men and young people to serve the Lord. Yes, the church we attended was crowded with these older women at the very front, for they had been the stalwart defenders and maintainers of Christ's gospel. But behind them and alongside them and in the balcony and outside the windows were the fruit of their faithfulness, men, women, young children, and children, or young people and children. We must never underestimate the place and power of our godly women. To them go the laurels in the church in Ukraine. Isn't that good? That is and, and I do like, you know, as you get older, um, and maybe... Your life does slow down, or it's, I think it's kind of supposed to. And I enjoy, our life has gotten slower. Shannon still goes to work every day and all that, but but it's pretty simple at home right now. It's um, unexpectedly, it's it's just three of us now, me, Shannon, and Hawkin, our 21-year-old, who will, gets to hang out with us the rest of his life. And uh, I love it. And, uh, and it is also one of those things that I think... As a community, I think we, we have we need to look at that as a benefit also. Because when we think about wisdom and we think about people that will make wise decisions, um, there are those that have already earned their money, that have, have built their lives, that have gone through 
the process of providing for their families and now can sit back and take the time to look back with the, with the beautiful 2020 vision of hindsight mm. and have great advice on the future. Yes. And I think Paul says it really well to Timothy here, and I think we'll end on this. Um, Paul espouses that we should look to every elder as if they were your father or your mother. Yes. And look to every youth as if they were your sister or your brother. Yes. In 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 2, he says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers. Younger women as sisters, all in purity. Mm. And that's how we should look. And there are, if we look at a lot of the ancient societies in the way that... um, Elders were treated. They were treated much better than they are in modern-day society. Yeah. And I'm not saying we should go back to a caveman-like lifestyle in anything. But there are there is there is a sweetness and a blessing and a knowledge and a wisdom in honoring our elders. And that is something that that should not be erased from our society. That's something that should not be canceled. Honoring our elders should be a, an important element of who we are. I want to read one more thing. It's short, and then we can close. From the same book, Aging with Grace. Nowhere does God diminish the value of the elderly. In fact, he showcases the beauty he sees in aging. Our view of aging, no matter what our season of life, determines whether we value the elderly and whether we recognize our value in the last season of our lives. So, yeah, I thought that was really good. I do recommend this book. And uh, thanks for listening, and and embrace your wrinkles, your aches and pains. Embrace life wherever you are right now. Yeah. Seize the absolute best of every day that you can have. And I highly recommend that you find those elders, you find those people that gravitate towards those that have that wisdom. It will do. It will serve you well in your life too. Thanks for listening. God bless. Bye.